All right, what are our hopes and dreams? Our hopes and dreams is to spread the passion for pinball. We love (laughs) pinball. We want everyone to be playing pinball. (laughs) And our hopes and dreams, I think, is that pinball... Hey everybody, welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain and more curious life. I'm Scott. And I am Mace. Welcome to this week's episode where we are going to talk about our love of pinball, about pinball, <laughs> pinball. <laughs> it's really it. funny because I, we've been, I, I feel like we did corny and cheesy, but since I don't feel like we've done a true silly episode for a while. Is that true? Yes, and is it silly? I mean, I... Th- I... It's not silly, but, but talking about things like narcissism... <laughs> right, it just has a different show. What else did we do? Um, true self, false self. Yeah. What else? Uh, we did heavy frustration. stuff. Frustration. Frustration tolerance, yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, we both, everybody, we have an episode about vibes... And for some reason, I don't know some what was in the air episodes. that night. It was like we were, we were recording outside. We're outside again today. And uh, first of all, I, lo- I really love that we don't really have, no, we, uh, we, uh, we don't at all have a studio. No, we just we don't go to a, a fancy studio. We have a table around. janky roadcaster that's glitching out today. And uh, we're sitting outside. But um, yeah, that was really fun. I felt like we said some real things, but we were also really laughing. <laughs> Yeah, we said some real things, but nothing real was said because we were talking about vibes. But we, Vibration. when I listened back to that episode, we went to all the places I would have wanted to go. Like we did, vibes. we covered a lot <laughs> about vibes, like all, like in a funny way. We talked about good vibes only, our feelings about it. We talked about like vibrations, and Vibrate we talked about cosmos. astrology, and and like, dang, that was a good episode. But um, Scott aspires for pinball to be. No, I'm realizing this isn't going to scratch the itch of being truly silly, but it's not as serious. But it isn't as serious. I mean, pinball. Pinball, everybody. We, we we've been playing a lot it. of pinball. We love it. So we want to bring you into that. And, mm-hmm. and we want it to be, well, I want it to be and hope it will be. First of all, just some information for you guys about us. And you can be like, oh, that's interesting. They're weird. <laughs> And also a curiosity novelty thing and they, that you'd be like, oh, pinball? What? And we're going to tell you some things. Or maybe you love pinball and it's just nice to hear other people like, oh, I get share it. about yeah. the joy of pinball. And to also use it as a springboard just to be like uh, the idea of trying new things. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds so basic, but what are, what are we going to do? We have to share this stuff. We do. What are we going to do? <laughs> okay. Okay, everybody. Pinball. So should we share our pinball journeys? Yeah, you guys, we haven't done journeys in a while. We're gonna we kind of want to bring journeys back. I mean, the thing about pinball journey for me is it's kind of just started, and I can share some stories from my memories of what pinball was when I was growing up, you know, but you want to start? Yeah, I mean, I guess because I feel like my it's, mine's also short. I don't really have, I don't have childhood memories of pinball oh, okay, machines. okay. So it's a relatively short journey. And, no, no childhood memories of pinball oh, machines. Gosh. And then, really, I started getting exposed to it when this place that's literally like a half a mile from my house mm-hmm. called Attaball became kind of the spot where all my friends from college and I would hang out. And yes. It was like every Monday night, Attaball, just hanging out. But I would go and it was more social and I played pinball and I would try machines, but I wasn't like... I didn't fall in love with pinball. I didn't become obsessed with yeah. pinball. It kind of was just there always. Oh, yeah, this place, pinball, pinball, pinball. And you were playing some of the other games, if you ever played. If I played, I mostly played Medieval Madness. Oh, oh, that oh, That was oh. the machine that I, like, always mostly oh. played. Oh. So, so that you, was kind you, of You like, played that more than Brick Breaker? Oh, I mean, no, probably played Brick Breaker yeah. a little bit more, which is an, another game at the arcade. <laughs> But, and I think that's this other piece of it is pinball costs 75 cents. Mm -hmm. And when you first start out, you could lose balls pretty quickly. And then it's like, ah, you know, is there a brick breaker? I could play brick breaker 50 cents way longer. Yeah. 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 That'll keep me playing it. 
So my journey was just kind of a faint thing and it was medieval madness. That was the first machine that I really kind of started to be like, oh, this, this is the one I go for because going for that castle. Nothing <laughs> is like destroying that castle. Nothing <laughs> going destroying that castle. I feel like we could go back and forth. So now I'm like, what's your Well, journey? you just flung it over to me. Yeah. You just flung it. Yeah. There's a flinging motion that you all missed, everybody. Um, well, okay. So for me, it's a lot different. For me, I have childhood memories. And here's, here's the thing that I want to say that's so interesting about my current experience with pinball is for whatever reason, even though you look at a pinball machine and, oh gosh, this is a very weird thought. But uh, on the one hand now, if I talk about pinball, it seems as if at least in my brain, but I would say other 40 year old adults who I tell I'm playing pinball, they're like, Oh, like a, like a arcade video game, like for kids. There's like, it's for like that kid game, like the, the thing that's at Chuck E. Cheese or something like pinball. And I'm like, no, no, no. There's like cool bars and stuff around Seattle. No, 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 it's cool, man. It's not, it's not a kid game. (laughs) But, but when I was younger and I, and I, I will just say for me in my age bracket, it's Chuck E. Cheese. I, I, I've been going to Chuck E. Cheese. And there's all sorts of games around this place, plus tubes to play in and those balls that you could jump in that were probably all just absolutely disgusting. And (laughs) people didn't know that back then, but like, it's really bizarre that that was even allowed (laughs) in the world. I don't know. I get it. Sensory needs. Oh, for sure. But like, I mean, think about those plastic balls and all the crap. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, there's no way you can clean those plastic balls. There's kids all day (laughs) rummaging around in there. Getting snot and and then and then nobody's cleaning that. It's gross. I wouldn't touch one of those things. I would not let my I, I would not let my own kids go in those plastic balls. But I was I was in those plastic balls. You know, you have to wait in line. <laughs> get in those plastic balls. Just and then you sort of hide in there. You kind of get to the bottom and hide from your friends and just rummage around in the bottom. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> well so so I remember like then, then there was places like Godfather's pizza. These are the places I remember growing up, like places that had arcades. And so here's what I want to say. Whereas now people would say, Oh, it's a kid's thing. Pinball scratch your head. When I was younger, the vibe for me and my friends was that was the adult game. Like nobody wanted to play pinball. That was like, so not fun compared to like Pac-Man or street fighter or mortal Kombat or a racing game. So, Literally, there would be no playing of pinball. I would never get quarters and waste my valuable money as a kid to play a pinball game. And the only real fondness or memory I had of it was this guy named Andy, who was a uh, babysitter. And so rarely, if ever, did we get a male babysitter growing up. And, And this Andy guy was on the scene for like a year off and on. And I would say came to the house to babysit my brothers and me. Yeah. Uh, eight times, I would guess. Could have been more, could have been less. I have no idea. I was probably 10. And he'd bring this little mini pinball machine. Oh. A little mini oh. handheld, probably the size of like 8 by 11 paper. Oh, it's very small. Yeah, and That's I loved fun. him for that. And I, and we would play pinball. And he'd be like, "Oh, did you bring that pinball machine?" I'm like, "Here it is." You know, and you just sit there and play that little pinball machine. But that's about it. That's and so that, and, uh, and after that, wait, wait, this no is, pinball. <laughs> this is uh, this is a slant journey here because mm-hmm. when I was talking to my mom recently, I was telling her I was like, "Mom, I've been playing a lot of pinball. It's really fun." And first off, my mom instantly kind of was like, "Oh, Mason, to something." New, your yeah. new little hobby, which oh, is true. Yeah. It's I just jump from passion, passion hobby to passion hobby. But my mom was like, "Oh, you know, it's interesting. It's kind of like journey runs in the family." My mom, I guess, in our journey home, runs in the family. <laughs> journey it runs in the Journeys. family. Pinball. Uh, there was like this game that wasn't quite pinball. My mom said it was like pinball, and it was wooden, and it was all mechanical. It wasn't anything electric. That right. was pa- like you show me a little video a of family members, and it lived in their home growing up. And my mom was the only one who like figured out the rules enough, to, like enough to play it. Everyone else couldn't figure it out and kind of didn't really care enough. My mom did, and my mom like loved that game. Wow! So I'm like, oh, I wonder. That's sweet. Origins, you know, origin yeah. Stories. Um, body keeps the score. 
<laughs> inherited <laughs> inherited pinball pinball love. Um, yeah. Okay, so then the, I guess the journey then is I mean experiments and living. It's just really weird. I just want to say for me, and this now now something strange has happened, and this this can be a metaphor for curiosity, and it, and it is, and it can be, <laughs> and it should be, <laughs> but. It's like when you learn something new and I, I am stating the obvious, but I think we all need to be reminded. It's like when you learn a new word mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're hearing it everywhere and you're like, how did I, how was I missing this word? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and now it's, you're seeing it on billboards, you're seeing it in books, people are saying it in restaurants, you're like, what? Mm-hmm. And it's like you can go to an everyday bar, a bar. And now I'm noticing that a lot of bars have a pinball machine or two somewhere mm-hmm. in the background. Mm-hmm. Now and, that you know that. Yeah. You and know if I look. would have just gone to this bar, I would have been like very much out of sight, out of mind. I'm like, oh, there's, there's a pinball machine back there. If somebody said, did you notice there was a pinball machine in that bar? I'd be like, what? Yeah. What? Why would you even say that to I me? I know. And now I'm like, I go sure. in and it's like the first thing I scope yeah. out. I'm like, look at, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. A pinball machine. No, totally. <laughs> Which one is it? Because now Mason, I know like the sort of like have a, a, a fairly good understanding of what the top pinball machines are. And then everybody, there's there's a websites that tell you where certain machines are located all around the world. Mm-hmm. And you can just kind of <laughs> search a location that tells you what machines are mm-hmm. at least tracked where people go on and just kind of report yeah. machines yeah. themselves. Yeah, so the journey now is at some point we were at this place here in Seattle called Attaball and... I guess you had already been playing Medieval Madness. Yeah, but I think for me, like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, when did it click for me how much I loved it? Recently? I, I think it was, yeah, I think it was 007. Oh, yeah, so there's a machine at this place and we start playing 007. But I actually I actually think it was Mandalorian first. Oh. We, we, we were committed to Mandalorian and all of a sudden 007 took... took the cake. Yeah, but I think it was those side loops and hitting those loop shots. I was like, wow, this game gives a feeling I've never had before. <laughs> <laughs> hitting those side loops, getting those loop shots. People are like, what? <laughs> First of all, side note, do you want to explain um, mint season? Because you, you, you really are in full mint side season now. Segment? Well, folks, if you are a No Small Thing listener and you listen to the uniform episode. It really just happened yesterday. Then you know that. <laughs> it's I'm, like Mace came out of a cocoon. Also, experiments in living. I'm, I'm doing this experiment in living where I'm trying to be monochromatic for a year for season. So spring was blue. And kind of like a, I think actually the color it was is like a robin blue and yeah. sky blue. It was kind of like between those areas yeah. was the blue. And then now it's summertime. I'm not like I'm a couple weeks early, but I probably will end up being a couple weeks early for fall too. Yeah. Then, uh, but it's a, I would say neon mint. At first, I was calling it seafoam summer, but I really have chosen <laughs> this kind of bright, light mint, pastel mm-hmm. mint. So that is the color of the season. And yesterday, I dyed many items using some writ dye and turned out fabulous. And I have a mint bucket hat and <laughs> I will be having some, mint it's a cool mint bucket hat. That's gecko gecko, um, brand. Yeah. And I don't think I want to get into it. Okay. No, no, pod, the, no, this, this is just a real reference. A oh, very, Oh no, that'll be a good segment. Let's let's what? do let's do the boonie bucket hat journey someday. It doesn't have to be a day. You don't you always make it clear you don't want to get into it today, but that would be good content. We need I, to hear about that journey. I had a big journey with okay. So just paint a picture, like how did you how did this season get kick started? Like what 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 types of things did you do yesterday? What were you doing? Well, the season got started. I think this is the Folks, again, go back and listen to the uniform episode if you if you're interested. Piqued the attention, but what we <laughs> what I've done with this monochromatic thing is I've created limits. It's very novel, then, I will say, it, it, that create these limits that then kind of force the decision of like what the items will be. You know, it's yeah. like I have my my one outfit, and you talk about it, and I barely believe you until you start doing it, and then I'm like, it's really happening. <laughs> it's really happening. <laughs> you barely believe me. Yeah, like I I, I was like, you said you were gonna dye your clothes. And I'm like, it's not going to work. You're not going to really get it to the color that you want. I, I can't really picture it. Ye of little I know. Faith. <laughs> Ye of little faith. Um, so essentially, I have, I have for the summertime, 
It's shorts. I don't know people that dye their clothes. It's shorts and then the seafoam color uh, tops. And I got seafoam, the neon mint slash seafoamy. It's kind yeah, of yeah, the, these are good. the color uh, corduroy shorts. Yeah. As well as Adidas shorts. So I mean, I in some ways, it's my... like those like pillow mints that you'd see. Yes. You know, like. Uh, yeah. Yes. Or like, you know, the mints that my grandma had these at her house that were like pink, yellow and green. Yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. The little white. Yeah, sprinkles. exactly. Exactly. It's those. Yeah, it's but those. <laughs> I want them to be. It's bright. Yeah. It's bright as well. Yeah. Um, so that and then I. Like Scott said, I really did. I got writ dye and I did a, I think a quite a good job dyeing my clothes, uh, the exact color I wanted. So folks follow the writ instructions and you can get light mint to a T. It's all like, like you have this Kilo hoodie and it's, it was a, it was like a powder blue hoodie and now it's a mint blue hoodie and it looks not mint blue, mint green, whatever. And it looks like you have a brand new hoodie. I know it's, it's just, it's wild. It transforms your clothes. Yeah. So, um, and then I got this bucket hat, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. there's a long tail because I really wanted to get a boonie hat and I spent forever looking for a mint boonie hat. And then I thought I found it and then I accidentally ordered literally the wrong one. So I have a bucket hat and I have a really small head. So hats well, I don't even know if anybody knows what you mean when you say a boonie hat. Um, a hat with a strap would be a boonie hat. And it's kind of like a little bit more of like a outdoorsy Mace was looking safari for like weeks. river hat. Weeks. Weeks <laughs> for this hat. So then to have come up short was a bummer. But All right. That's our mint detour. I think now we'll just do a, a, a slight little history of pinball for you all. Do you, do you want to tell people like some interesting yes. things about pinball? Yes. Well, first of all, I would say everybody, if, if anything we're saying is interesting to you, go look up some YouTube videos. It's interesting stuff. It's interesting. It, it's, it's, it's nothing if not interesting. <laughs> so, um, so we started, started getting a little bit more in and I, this is all speak for myself. I, and then I'm like, okay, what's pinball, you know? And what is it? What's the history of this thing? Where'd it come from? You know, cause the place that, where, where did this thing come from that is now bringing us so much joy? Yes. Because yes. I'll say this. What you start to realize is one machine, because we haven't even cracked the code on a single machine yet, meaning that like one machine could give you a lifetime of enjoyment because <laughs> it's got so many side quests and games and, and things to learn inside the game. And I, I, as much fun as I'm having with pinball, I've never really even mastered one of these little quests. It's like all of a sudden uh-uh. people are like, okay, you've unlocked this little journey like in 007. And it's like, defeat this foe and it's like in order to defeat it you have to hit all these lit up shots and it's showing you your progress but at the same time both mace and me at this point in our in our pinball journey once once the quest is sort of given to you it it makes you more anxious it's just uh, not cool when it happens it's too it's it's uh, generally I'm like, oh, okay. And I start thinking about trying to hit the All this music starts going, bah, 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 and then they release your ball and they're like, do it, go. And you're like, ah. It's too stressy. It's too stressy. I know. I think the machine that I have the most chance of beating the quests on is the Pirates of the Caribbean in Port Townsend mm. because it's the only machine I really am going to be playing in Port Townsend. And I have a relationship with it already and there's a compass right in the middle yeah 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 and i can see the lights and i'm like there's a crack i feel i feel my most there's a heartbeat my most like this is the one i'm going to build so much intimacy with there's a heartbeat and i do <laughs> not this like haunts me as i don't understand how to spell heart but i don't want to look it up so. <laughs> you don't want to look it up well that's another piece of the journey and that we can maybe get into it but maybe should i read this little i have a little article sure, but paint a little picture of you getting off work what do you mean? Uh, it, like going down to the local pizzeria. Okay, so I commute for work, and I'm in Port Townsend, and uh, going down to the local pizzeria. That's <laughs> really, it's literally it's really true. Literally, it. So I get off work on a Friday, and I have to commute. <laughs> I home love this for you. from Port Townsend, but I'm like, but I've first, just blow some steam. I've just been a play therapist, and it's complicated. It's like I'm playing, but it's also a therapy, and I'm like, how am I going to digest? Well. There is a local pizzeria that has a Pirates of the Caribbean pinball. So in I the no-bully zone. In the no-bully zone. <laughs> There's this little section of this pizza shop that has a Pirates of the Caribbean, two little, like, um, car racing games, and then, like, a deer hunting game. Yeah, with so a gun. a little disturbing yeah. and a little 
classic for the town. Yeah. Um, and so I just walk in. I've never, I haven't even gotten pizza there yet. I just go in, I bring some quarters and I just start <laughs> playing. And, uh, <laughs> I usually, I just spend like a nice, I usually spend about four, $4 worth of quarters there. All right. Cause there it's it only is. 50 cents a game. Yep. And if it's kind of nice, cause it's just, hopefully you can win a few games. Yeah. And that's that if I can win a few games. And last time I played, it was like, okay, last 50 cents. And I was like, all right, if I can win this game. What do you mean by win for the <laughs> listeners? So um, <laughs> I think every machine is pretty different, but like essentially it'll say match for this many yeah. thousand points and or million, whatever the point is. And I think depending on the scores of that day or whatever. I, I actually don't even know how that gets determined. It's set and then it changes throughout, but it's like, so I show up to the Pirates of the Caribbean and it's like match for 6,700,000. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. So if so you get I'm more like, than that, if I get more than get that, that while I'm playing, you're going to hear the machine go. <laughs> and it's like, it, the machine kind of shakes and it's like, you've, you've won a free game. Yeah. So that's very Because exciting. I don't think, I think when we've deep dive pinball, one of the appeals for the true pinball elites or diehards is you actually don't ever win a game of pinball. No, I think that's the, it always ends in you losing. You always, I, it was interesting. I was, we were hanging out and Maddie was playing pinball and Ruben was playing pinball. Maddie came up to me and Maddie was like, I was like, how'd you do? And they were like, I, okay. I mean, I lost. I was like, well, you always lose lose. pinball. Like that's, that's the game. You always lose your balls. And that's what keeps the game. Yeah. So kind of alive. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, you don't want to lose it. Little slant association, high Q. Yeah. High Q and anime. And yeah. there's this, they, it's a, it, that's a volleyball, uh, anime, everybody. volleyball anime. And it is just these teenagers who are passionate about their volleyball yeah. team, passionate about every piece of it. And they really have all these scenes where they're just like, I want to keep the ball in yeah. so I can keep playing. Yeah. Like, one more games game. lets me keep playing, but also keeping the ball in, letting yeah. it not hit the floor, keeps yeah. me playing. Yeah. And it's there like, it is. Pinball is like that. It's like you want to keep the ball in so you can keep playing. Uh-huh, you want to make uh-huh. your shots, but you don't want to, you want to keep playing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it's, you're holding, <laughs> you're holding the tensions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's totally true. I mean, I kind of want to play now. I would like to put these mics down and go play some <laughs> like pinball. We just got to go play some <laughs> pinball. Um, okay. So I started listening to a few podcasts on pinball. The interesting thing is like pinball has like kind of a specific demographic. Like it's generally kind of like white male dominated. Oh, right. Well, well, yeah. Okay. Uh, Okay. No, no, no. That's, that seems to be true. It seems to be true. But but I would say that's not the local scene here. Exactly. And I think that's the thing that's interesting is like we, the place we go is pretty, I don't even know how to describe the crowd there, but pinball has a little bit of a punk history and there's a little bit of an alt punk queer vibe at the place where yes, we first great played. way of saying it. So it was interesting to like go and like be reading about its history and be like, Oh, that's interesting. And seeing how it's, I um, would say there is a, a wide variety of people at the place we go to, and it would be hard to pinpoint any sort oh, of particular vibe. Sort of particular vibe. No, yeah. I agree. I feel like in, in a way, and I, Seattle, I, we're coming to realize that Seattle's actually a, a pretty big pinball scene. Yeah. Like a <laughs> lot of folks, scene. when I mention it to people, they'll be like, oh yeah, and we have to go to the museum. I mean, yeah. that there's a museum here, but like a lot of people are like, no, and kind of know that there's a scene here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I want to say too, like, um, well, well, if anybody does get into their own research, <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing so much today. It just feels, I guess I feel a little bit giddy. It's kind of fun. Pinball, and then I'm saying pinball. things that I have really still sometimes with the pot. I have no idea who I'm talking to. If anybody <laughs> wants to go out and do their own research. <laughs> like, <On> pinball. <laughs> I just imagine if I was listening and I was getting interested, I would, I would just probably hit pause and go look up some stuff about pinball. But like, I'll just say some of the things when I'm for, so everybody, I guess knows that listens here. Like I, 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 I'm a rap fan. So I'm, I'm now watching the, the, the creators and it is true. It does seem like almost exclusively, almost that the, the creators of yeah, pinball it's true. are male white men presenting. <laughs> um, and when, when you walk around one of these uh, places that we've been going to with all these pinball machines, it is a lot of generally, I don't even really know how to describe this, what you might consider sort of 
white culture, but what, culture, maybe? whatever that means. I mean, you know, that's just a placeholder. Like you can't say the Avengers is necessarily white, but I guess, or, but, but you could generally say that James Bond is a, is mostly a white. No, there's a lot you know, in, 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 in the history of pinball, there is kind of also on top of that. It's like, it's a white male, like yeah. the original pinball games were targeted. They were for men and yeah. they had like pictures of women on them. Yes, exactly. And the game wasn't exactly. even a game of skill. Yeah. Like the game has changed, but it also has that in its history. So it's an There's interesting There's like some thing. misogynistic elements. Like yeah. you were even playing a game the other day and you're like, I don't like the vibe of this. Like, no, when I, we just left it. You I was out. like, this game, I don't like the, like <laughs> the storyline of uh-huh. it. It feels like it's like this creepy aliens coming to get this sexy woman in there. I was like, nope, we're leaving this game. But there, with a lot of rap culture, it just seems like it would be such a perfect fit. Like, I really, of that really want a Wu-Tang pinball machine. It would make so much sense. And now, now I'm like, we need a Bjork pinball machine. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. that would be so epic. Because they have, there's a Beatles pinball machine. The Bjork thing do. doesn't fix the the whiteness it does not of it, fix but, but that's okay. It doesn't have to. Um, we can still have. But it does. <laughs> it does provide a a aggressively femme queer energy to yeah. the space. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, With a lot of and, these machines, there is a lore and a story, and all sorts of things like that. And that's what Wu-Tang has created for themselves over the years. So it just feels like such a natural fit. And if Stearns, who, the, which is the major pinball machine He's hearing producer. and listening to this right now. Well, like I want to call them and I'm like, if they could get, uh, like Riza and some of the other Wu-Tang people on the phone and they could start <laughs> collaborating, I think Wu-Tang would get into pinball and I want to be the one that like brokered this deal. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to, I want to be friends with all of them you and I want to like be invited out to Chicago and like this random guy who has a weird podcast in Seattle. He, he called us and he, well, thanks to Scott Ronald, we, we now have Wu-Tang pinball. That's this my fantasy. This is Scott's narcissistic yeah. fantasy. Um, okay. Let me read this article. Okay. Here we go. This is from, this is the first article when I typed enjoyment. in brief history of pinball. So, um, pastimepinball.com. Pinball is in its modern form. Oh, pinball in its modern form was born during the great depression when Americans were looking for treat, cheap entertainment. It was based on Bagatelle, a French game whereby players maneuver balls past metal pins into holes on the playfield. I think that's the game. That is the one my mom has. Okay, okay, I, okay. I, that name sounds familiar. Bagatelle. Early Bagatelle. pinball machines are built without flippers and didn't involve skills. Okay. Players launch balls onto the playfield and aim for holes in various point values by bumping and, tittle, and tilting the machines. Because it was a game of chance, pinball was considered a form of gambling and was outlawed in the 1940s. Ironically, flippers were invented in 1947, yet the ban stayed in place until the 1970s. It's hard to believe, but pinball is still illegal in some cities, but the law is wow. generally not enforced. Okay. During the 1950s, Williams... It's like a rebellious thing. It, Look, it, these, these people out here are playing pinball. Playing pinball. Outlaws. Uh, during the 1950s, <laughs> Williams and other pioneering Chicago companies, including Bally and Gottlieb introduced many innovations to pinball. These included multiplayer games, score reels, and increasingly sophisticated playfield mechanisms and art packages. The games, however, were not computerized. They were electromechanical and ran on a precarious balance of moving parts. In the 1960s and 70s, games became more technologically advanced but still used electromechanical coils, relays, and stepper units. It wasn't until the late 1970s with the introduction of microprocessors that pinball entered the realm of electronic gaming. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, and we experienced that. I mean, we play on mostly modern machines where yeah. it is that kind of game. Yeah. Um, got, a, got a big computer screen that, that highlights scenes and all sorts of fun stuff from, like, the... Whatever it's based off of. (laughs) James Bond, Uh, Godzilla, Mandalorian. Solid state technology with its circuit boards and digital displays enabled complex rules, digital sound effects, and speech in games. Although this attracted more customers, arcade video games were starting to take off at the same time. Pinball, despite its new and improved features, couldn't compete. Yeah, so pinball, here we're about to get to it. Like pinball almost died as yeah, an industry. Died. It's um, it's now it seems seems to be sort of being resuscitated. I think it's coming back. I want I, I want I want many pinball companies. I want I want to see it. I want to see a surge. Yeah. We want to see pinball be transformed. Yeah. <laughs> transformed. Um the pinball industry peaked in 1979 with the sale of 200,000 
machines. Okay. Three years ago, three years later, after release of Pac-Man, Space Invaders, and other iconic arcade great. video games, this is great. Sales declined by eighty-five percent. A few pinball games, notably Williams' high-speed pinball and Space Shuttle, generated enough excitement to help revitalize the industry. Oh, we should play those. Bally, however, was stretched thin financially from other ventures and sold its pinball division to Williams in 1988. Wow. Okay. By the early 1990s, pinball was on the upswing again. The Adams Family, we need to play that one. Oh, that's that icebox, isn't it? Is it? No, maybe not. Where is it? I don't know. Is it here in Seattle? I don't know. Well, maybe that there's somewhere. Okay. But okay. everyone, to, that's in like a lot of top Okay, lists. Adam's Family. Adam's Family, one of the most popular games ever, sold over 20,000 units. But wow. just a few years, few years later, home game console, home gaming consoles flooded the yep. market. Yep. Pinball's appeal waned yet again. Yep. Dwindling sales forced Can't compete with Mario Brothers in the pinball business since 1927 to fold. Williams, which now controlled 80% of the worldwide market, called on their designers to reinvent the game. They emerged with Pinball 2000, an arcade centaur featuring a video game head on a pinball machine body. The initial title sold well, but the follow-up game got less traction. In 1999, Pinball... 1999, Williams closed its pinball division to focus on slot machines. Wow. Okay. Okay. The demise of Williams left Stern Pinball as the only major American manufacturer until Jersey Jack Pinball launched in 2011. Faced with this newcomer's innovation, Stern was incentivized to up their game and invest in new technology. Today, Stern, Jersey Jack, and smaller upstarts like Spooky and American Pinball are producing increasingly complex games. Modern electronics are even finding their way into a handful of beloved classics. In 2013, Chicago Gaming, a video game company, partnered with Planetary Pinball to remake iconic Bally and Williams titles. Wow. Fortunately for pinheads everywhere. Pinheads. Oh, are we pinheads? Maybe. I don't know if we're quite quite there. (laughs) The silver ball has been making a dramatic comeback. You always have a hard time associating yourself with, like, the the true... I know, because I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that I'm not going to ever dedicate my life in a anybody can be called a pinhead though let's make some merch let's make some pinhead merch, merch. <laughs> uh pinball is social addictive and incredibly fun and with museum arcades opening around the country a new generation can experience the joys of the classic american pastime i think what i'm what i what i'm liking about it as i've never been like a gamer whatever that means like i was a moderate video game kid growing up like i i i follow I follow the path and the journey of a, of a typical Gen Z. My, I, I, I'm Gen X, technically. I'm not Gen Z. I'm Gen X, born 1979. And I follow the classic path of like Nintendo and Mario Brothers kind of coming out when I was like seven or eight years old. So then I follow the journey of Nintendo to Super Nintendo to Street Fighter to Mortal Kombat. But like I was, I was into those and then I stopped. Like, yeah. like the only thing I've ever really played since is Smash Brothers. Right. <laughs> and, right. My, and my kids got video games and right, my and son Jack. Kids. Yeah. But even then I played Smash Brothers and Mario Kart. Like right. and my son Jack really got into like all sorts of all sorts of games that I just kind of left me in the dust. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I, I'm not like a gamer in that sense. There's no there's no games I've really deep dived as an adult. So I'm not I'm not really out here playing video games. I, I think what I like about pinball is how tactile it is. It's so tactile. You know? It's so tactile. Yeah. I think this is, I was describing this to my supervisor, like the thinking about pinball machines through the lens of, I don't know, like something that's trying to get at experience and yeah, yeah, relationship yeah. and thinking about it, like kind of in comparison to the language of, art and something like object relations in a world symbolic whatever yeah and thinking about this pinball machine and i'm like the best way to describe it is that it is surging with energy yes. and it's neutral yes yes and it is oh neutral. you're saying it so you come up to it and it's like this is oh, a machine this is good. that is based on your way that you kind of get play with it and at the same time there's always chance involved and it's all going back and forth and it's the same machine every time but it's a different game every time and it's 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 positively neutral 
Like it's bringing positively it's, neutral. It's, like it's, it's energetically neutral. You yes. Know? Yes. And you were there. I like this. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And I, there's this, uh, this therapy guy, his name's beyond. And he talks about like approaching, um, every session, like beginning with kind of this, it's too complex, but the phrase is without memory or without desire. Yeah. So this like, Ooh, that'd be an episode without, I know that'd be a great episode, but it's a great little idea of, that's not to say don't remember the past and it's not to say don't, but it is kind of to start fresh in a way, start fresh, like, like have, have ears to listen, have a sense to be open have, you know, have the ability to, you know, less certain, more curious, be more (laughs) positive to be energetically neutral. Yeah. 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 And I find, so for me, Mace and all my particular neuroticism, this (laughs) pinball machine is a great mirror of sorts. It's a great kind of like, whoa, what happens here? And I think for me as a play therapist, I've come to see in many ways how a game can be actually so, again, such a place for growth, something like playing a game over and over again, you start to develop into it and you start to yeah. become through what you are in the game and sort of online. What's <laughs> a, a, a little free association, People which are like, what? is an anime uh, folks, uh, a great, um, I would say a pretty recommend. I would recommend sort of online. When somebody strange. said it, I had no idea what they were saying. Sword like fighting sword art. Online, it's the name of an anime. Sword Art Online. Um, I'm going to far places, but I I have <laughs> it's going to come together. So okay, yeah, go off, me. go off to far places. Um, so this game, it's a it's a beautiful game, complicated, some weird stuff, but also some really great stuff. The anime? Yeah. You said game, but like. Oh right, yeah. right. Well, also yeah. the game. So the the premise of the game or the show anime is that they're in this virtual game, but all of a sudden. If you die in the game, you die in real life. Yeah. And it's like, it's a ooh, wild dun, premise. Dun, dun. Yeah. And uh, the main character at one point, he says something because there's people who play as characters and they become like villain like people. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people who say that like, oh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm being a virtual character. So it's not me actually being a right, villain. Right, right, right. And at one point, the main character is like, who you are in the game is who you are in real life. Yeah. And it's like, that character is kind of like, oh, you know, saying that. Uh. But I think about that even with the way we play the pinball machine. Like, there is something of the way we interact with games that reflects something back to us, something that is yeah. um, telling. And it's like, I, we talked about this, I think, on one of the Enneagram episodes, but like, I get in my head about the game. If I overthink it, yeah, it totally. is going to... Now you're talking about pinball. Now I'm talking about pinball. Yeah. Exactly. Like, the machine is positively neutral. Yeah, so yeah. So I come and I bring something to, yep. and if I bring an overthinking, it's, it's... it's Yeah, you have to get into a flow. I think that's how... I mean, that, that's how sports work in general, right? I mean, if you get into that flow state, that's why people have, like, fire nights when they're like on fire. Right. It's like they're just in the zone. And it's interesting. Like the other night, Maddie and you and I were out and you both were talking and I was playing and nobody was watching. I was very aware. Right. Oh my gosh. What a a moment. And I just got in your highest score. ever. I was the highest score ever. And then when you, when you looked up and you're like, Whoa, Mace, look what you're doing instantly within like two yeah. seconds i it lost just the deflated ball. i'm Boop. like you got two in your head oh uh. like any you know that that broke the flow of yeah. sorts and you know at one level i'm like oh and another level i'm like i want to have the resolve enough that i could hear that and stay in flow yeah you know yeah. like yeah. i want to develop that yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that level of flow in the pinball but it is like i show up and i can it's a good place for me to think too yeah it's like i can think about other things and and be playing at the same time and that's also soothing yeah i feel like I, I feel like we have a few more things to cover and i think uh i'll just lightly suggest right here hot mics in the middle of the episode that we don't do color wheel and um famous person this week we just wrap it up with pinball i think that's great because i think we're already you know this is already a pretty substantial episode and i want to talk about pinball as a metaphor and i want to talk about our hopes and dreams for pinball yes 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 okay <laughs> pinball as a metaphor well we talk about this a lot like what is it for you with like 
the representation of the mind and the brain and, and your brain in particular and the pinging and the... I mean, I think that's exactly it. I mean, I, LOL was reading The Wisdom of the Enneagram and they said it was like... Talked Mace, about, we were sitting last night and Mace was like, I'm going to read some of The Wisdom of the Enneagram and then you're like, nope, it's too real. It's, it's too real right now. I, was like, I, I get enough of this all the time <laughs> yeah. in other places. I don't need this. Um, but thoughts on, uh, you know, hearkening back to narcissism, I do have some thoughts on like each Enneagram in the way narcissism might show up for each type. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's an interesting Ooh. thought. Like okay, that's not an episode. that one type, not the num- one number is narcissistic, but each number probably um, represents a certain way of narcissism. Yes, that you know? is a juicy bit of information. I want that Thank episode. You. Thank you. Um, okay, uh, what were you asking? Uh, 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 pinball is a metaphor for the mind. Oh. And maybe Mace's mind in particular. Yeah, I mean, I imagine it's got to be other people. Why? No, I relate to they, it for sure. Yeah, it's 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 there's something about... The way, again, it's like the... The the pinging. You can go for a shot and you can hit it exactly, <laughs> but you really actually can't predict anything because the game is a lot of little mechanisms that are all... Like if you flip a pinball machine over, yeah. it's all these wires and all these little things yeah. that are all crossed and whatnot, and there's bumpers that bounce, and there's this thing that shoots the ball out, but it shoots the ball out and it shoots the ball out in, in a range of different places. Yeah, yeah. So there's really nothing that is actually predictable. Yeah. And yet there is elements of it and there's this constant back and forth. And I guess I know for me, like I, I'm someone who, um, needs a theory of multiplicity for the many voices in my head. And so <laughs> <laughs> I, I think what I like what you're saying, all it's taking a different shape for me as you're talking in terms of how we've been talking about it, because I've almost been thinking about it as like the way you just described it. I've been thinking about like sort of your, you're the one mostly doing the pinging in your head and you can't stop. And Mm. and this sounds more, this is the way I'm hearing it now for my ears Mm -hmm. is yes, we're involved. We're, we're, there's a, there's a consciousness somewhere that is launching the ball or Mm -hmm. something that has a little bit of control, but our minds aren't, uh, we, we don't have as much control of our minds and thoughts as we'd like to think. Yeah. Maybe this actually is a great metaphor for yeah. the unconscious yes. like, of sorts, the and unconscious role in the partnership. Yeah. And I think there's a certain realm of philosophy, call it like Western philosophy or something, call it white philosophy. I just let me don't, everybody just let me, I, I don't quite know what I'm saying here, but like meaning it, it is a type of way of thinking that is, so in control. Yeah. So, so knowing, you know, and, and especially with Christianity, it's like, you know, I'm, I run a different Instagram account about affirming youth ministries, everybody. And it's, everybody's coming in with trying to get so precise about mm-hmm. the Bible all the time. There's the literal meaning and, and li- literally say the real literal thing. And it's like, our brains aren't like that. Right. No, I think that's exactly why it would be like, like, I think supremacy culture is a great language for it because thinking about supremacy. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. About literally the word, the we need, idea, we need truth and reality to be one way. An idea of like something being supreme and someone yeah. and there being something that is that then that floods it creates all these other ways and i mean i i i think i guess i speak for myself and like understand i what am i trying to say (laughs) you speak for yourself i'll speak for myself i i know i speaking for themselves everybody i know i have a lot of voices of supremacy culture in my unconscious and conscious thought that i'm trying to work with yeah and heal through and Maybe pinball is a part. I don't it's gonna know. save you. <laughs> no, Jesus gonna saves. Save pinball saves. <laughs> no, but like I, I think the way you're describing it would be like a psychoanalysis of some kind, and uh, a morning pages, which is our Julia Cameron artist way, which would be like again, like a nice balance, a back and forth, a pinging of control and not control, like mm-hmm. a, 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 mm-hmm. a steering and a letting. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if you're free associating and your mind pings mm-hmm. and it, and it, it eventually just goes somewhere that you didn't intend it. Although you sort of initiated the process. Mm-hmm. I picked up the pen. I started the morning pages, right? This I relationship. Started, between- I, I sat down and started the conversation with my therapist or my friend. We turned on the mics but then all of a sudden these things are happening and we're like, yes, we're in control, but we're not so in control. And whoa. Oh, Ooh, Ah, like that to me, that, that is, 
Something is unknown some- is happening. We don't know what that is. What our yeah. knowledge amounts to. Yeah, and I think I think it gives you permission if you look at the mind that way. It gives you permission to let it happen and and play with it. It's it's just yeah. Nice. No, I think one day I was so I I mean this is this interesting element too. It's like uh, we I typically we typically play like probably what an hour. Yeah, we play about five dollars each worth of quarters. So like you know six or seven rounds. Yeah, and it's interesting because you can have a good round and then have a bad round, and each time you kind of go up there. And I feel like at least for me, I don't. I I think we approach it very differently. Like I'm doing a lot of pep talking. I'm doing a lot of intention yeah, setting. Yeah, you got heading yeah. into the machine. You know, like pep talking. <laughs> and uh, okay, Mace. I think that that is something. Like again, without memory, and desire is a is a motto, a motto. I often you know approach it with now, or this idea of like, and I think this is in tandem with it. Like, how do I learn mm-hmm, from the mm-hmm. machine? Like, as mm. opposed to me showing up and me trying to like master the shots yes like try to get the shots and try and dominate the machine yes what would it mean and and also not be like i'm submissive to the machine but like here i show up and i'm in relationship with the machine it's 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 something of a we're working together yeah 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 all right machine i think that's what i try to to kind of that's great (laughs) lol and mall no i think it's just been front and center in our minds just not only in terms of like fun and passion and play, but like, then what is it teaching us? <laughs> it's a, it sounds so, well, why not? Why can't, I mean, my therapist has been very interested in my interest in pinball. My, my therapist is like, what I is bring it, it what in it? all yeah. the time. And I'm like, let me talk about how much this is my mind. Yeah. I literally came out. I was like, I was like to my therapist, I was like, I think everyone, the pinball is just the best metaphor for like anyone's mind. And he was like, anyone's mind. Anyone, or? anyone, anyone, <laughs> anyone. Um, All right. What are our hopes and dreams? Our hopes and dreams is to spread the passion for pinball. We love (laughs) pinball. We want everyone to be playing pinball. (laughs) And our hopes and dreams is, I think, is that pinball would be uh, trans. I think I do have a hope and dream that pinballs like could be transformed. You know, it does have this strange kind of history. And I think what does pinball of the with our imagination? Yeah. You know provide and i think it is like cooler pinball machines different creators um but i think it's so fun so we really are like out here uh gonna try and start i'm gonna say it on the mics <laughs> what do you think <laughs> go for it i uh, gonna try be and so start, cautious uh pinball sundays pinball sundays for so those local seattleites Seattle, out there. Uh, at least for the summer maybe you know icebox arcade in Seattle, it's in like Freelard, Freelard area. It's nice because it's really spacious. And Sunday nights around eight ish is Pinball Sundays. We're just go. If you're play a Seattle pinball. listener, if you're listening to Seattle's number one podcast, it's really just kind of like whoever wants to come and love and play pinball and share in the joy. Ooh, I like of that. Whoever wants to come and love, mm-hmm. come and love and play pinball. <laughs> you know. I so I would say this too. Like part of what's emerging in my brain is. Something about, I, I think we talked about this on the mics, on the mics, is that I, like, I'm wanting to dip my toe into being less certain, more curious about comedy. Yes, he and is. And so I did try to do an open mic and do stand-up comedy. And I would love in a fantasy world or dreaming of the perfect next level of whatever ha- is happening in Scott's life to be like podcaster, comedian. I'm not a comedian. I've only done three minutes of an open mic stand-up, but it was but fun. A, a, a person can dream. A person can dream. Can hope. So like, Imagine. So then hosting things here in Seattle because this Icebox Arcade, uh, you know, they've got a cool little bar. They've got all sorts of outside picnic tables and like hangout spots. And then they've got a stage where they do like karaoke, but they have live music. They have bands. They have open mics. And, and what I would like is us hosting some things. And then we could do another episode on pinball and what it could be is interviewing somebody from the museum the pinball museum and then some real pinheads and just getting and and having it be a live recording where people that are can be playing in the background but also casually listening and uh we record live but it's also another episode for no small thing about pinball and 
Icebox could potentially maybe become a little hub. I mean, maybe not. I mean, I'll meet with the person who owns it. They'll be like, this is a terrible idea. We've got to get, we've got to, again, like the pinball machine, we've got to be in relationship with the We've got to be in relationship. Yeah. But that just sounds like a good, it feels like a good hub. Yeah. Like a lot of potential there. Yeah. Or maybe one day we create our own hub. No small pinball. (laughs) No small pinball. And it's our own gathering space with pinball machines. Everybody gets to do something. We can do that. All okay, right. everybody. Do you have any last final thoughts? What did you get out of this episode? Um, what are your takeaways? I love pinball and I yeah. want to play it. Yeah. <laughs> pinball, I want to play it. I just want to go play pinball. I would love a color pinball. Mm-hmm. <gasps> what if it was everybody, a pinball machine that was just like... Colors? Uh, it was somehow... The color wheel? Yeah, somehow Ooh, like Yeah, a, you shoot it off over here. The color wheel spins. Yeah, you've just you've gotten got blue. Colors, Bob Ross lights. is over here. <laughs> oh, this person, this artist, this painter. You've just unlocked Bob Ross. He's giving you a task. <laughs> you've got to paint a tree. Paint the tree. Paint the tree. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that'd be a, a wild combo because Bob He's Ross so is so calm. calm. But in pinball, it's like, <gasps> paint the tree. Ah, a happy little tree. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess everybody, if we really got into something here with our listeners, it's like send us, send us your uh, pictures of your local pinball spot. What, yes. what, what What machines are in your local area? We want to know. Is it is there a pirates? Is there a pirates? Is there an <gasps> if Adams you have family? A pirates and you have figured out heart beat when it goes. The heart <laughs> starts beating and it says spell heart. I do not know how to spell heart. Yeah. Yeah, I do not know how to spell Which heart. Which I think this is, and this is, I mean, now I'm going to go on a small tangent as we close, but this is my trouble with the game. Is <laughs> I love to watch the videos of people playing them because it's really like, that's also That's cathartic. also very soothing. It's just like, oh, I just watch people play these games, people who yeah. are really good. But, but if I overthink it and I know things and I think I know more about the game when I show up than the game knows about me, then that's when I get into trouble. So I'm like, oh, I want to go watch someone play this Pirates game. But historically, if I watch someone play it, I think I'm not as good on the machine. Ah, uh, okay. So you're, you're really learning. I'm really you're learning. You're really going here. through it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Um, hopefully this was a lesser, more curious combo for you. Hopefully you enjoyed it. If not, I don't know what to tell you. Don't listen to something you don't enjoy, I guess. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week with an Enneagram episode. We've already oh, recorded really? it. Yep, it will be a, a five. Oh, well, then that episode, we talk about pinball at the end. Yeah, okay. That's what we I already was recorded it. it. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. we're bringing you a nice, freshy episode mm-hmm. with I Daniel. Talk about the, I talk about pinball and head types. Bam. We, talk, we talk about it in that lens. Um, okay. Stay, stay uh, uh, curious, everybody. Uh, uh, Thanks for listening. Bye. (laughs)